Tuesday, the final Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we've been going over, uh, minute by minute, one of the best uh, space history movies ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I am Jim's co-pilot here on this mission. I'm uh, Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. Gosh, the last Tuesday, Chris. This I is... can't believe it. it sounds like a movie. The last Tuesday. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> ah, it's yeah, and it's uh, it, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of saying there's a lot of saying goodbyes this week, and there's a lot of uh, well, there's a lot of saying goodbyes. We're we're saying goodbye to the the mission today. This is uh, uh, it's it's an event that never happened, but it tells really well where uh, Jim Lovell is, you know, saying this is the uh, Apollo 13 signing off, but that didn't happen mostly. <laughs> Just one. They just in real life. They didn't have to make any dramatic uh, pronouncements about signing off. It's it, everybody's watching on on television at back at Mission Control. They can see what's going on. Uh, the people in charge there, the re- uh, recovery forces, are are handling things. I, it just kind of like the way Launch Control handled stuff uh, for uh, for the launch of the flight. Uh, mission control handled the mission, but now they're they're kind of in the hands of the Navy. And the only the only thing that mission control really did was uh, if they were still in contact with uh, with Odyssey, uh, they would pass uh, information back to the recovery forces on on the ground uh, on, on the on the on the water. So uh, uh, there there was never any real um, sign off. Just mostly uh, telling you know telling the the crew that. Uh, the uh, the swimmers are arriving, and uh, that they uh, you know they wanted to make, the the big thing that they had to do when they landed in the water was to make sure that the uh, our, the reaction control system uh, the hydrazine the hydrazine had been vented because it's, that's one of the deadliest substances known to any you know known to humanity. So making sure that everything had vented, and you weren't going to kill the the scuba divers <laughs> that were that were jumping off to rescue them. Um, so mostly the, the final, the final, uh, you know, transmissions from Apollo 13 were Roger or, uh, uh, they're at the door or we've turned, we've turned off the, uh, the beacon. That's about it. Not as dramatic. <laughs> no, no, but it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it would be, not, yeah, if, if somebody had gone out there with a script and said, no, no, say this, signing off, it's it's always, it, it, it seems like it would be more cinematic, and that's, that's what uh, Ron Howard went with in, in this minute. Well, and I think it was also a tip they needed to probably show to the crowd that uh, if you're not up on space, you know, procedures and, and verbiage, that the mission is over, it's done, they're here, that's safe. And, you know, Mission Control had done their part, you know. Yeah. You know, and I think they, they put that in just so they could show the scene of Gene finally letting loose, you know, and finally saying, okay, this is it. Good job. We were done, you know. And um, I, I I get that. I had, a, I had a scenario similar, not anywhere near as dramatic as an Apollo mission. Um, but I had a... Um, so I, I guess, well, we have unlimited time, so I guess I can tell you this story. I'll, I'll, I'll try and uh, summarize it as best I can, but it was actually one of the first days um, I was in a tower by myself, and 
I had checked out as a tower controller. I was working tower alone. Boy, I felt like I was king of the world, you know. <laughs> and the tower crew that had been there, the guys that had been the old hands that were already there, they were working double duty because they were short of controller until I got checked in. So, uh, and they were all friends out of, you know, before this. So I, um, I'm finally on, on tower and they can actually have a day off, uh, which they really hadn't had in a while. And, uh, they said, you know, we're going to go, we're going to leave you alone. Uh, you're doing good. You know, we're going to go and have dinner together. We haven't all been able to do this. And, And I was like, sure, go ahead. So, uh, they go off to this Italian restaurant near the, uh, near the end of the runway and uh, I've got the tower, you know, and I'm, and there's nothing going on, you know, of course. My first day, I'm ready to control some traffic, you know, and I'm like, lawnmower across the runway, you know. I mean, there's nothing going on out there. And suddenly I get a call from radar, and they're just like, uh, we got an emergency heading your way. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you know, 10 miles north, there's a beach jet on fire, uh, and you're the closest runway, so he's coming to you. And I'm like, oh. Oh, holy cow. So now there's a whole bunch of stuff I have to do. Um, and, you know, so I'm launching fire trucks and, you know, there's a chain of command you have to notify. The airplane finally comes up on frequency. Um, and uh, a little reminiscent of, like, the Sioux City, Iowa deal. Uh, wow. This uh, this jet had uh, the, some of the, the avionics bay had a fire. And then it burned. I want to say his hydraulics, and he was steering using differential power on the on the engines. Wow. Uh, he had no flaps. Uh, he was able to get the gear down, um, but no, uh, you know, no flaps or anything like that. So he couldn't slow the thing down. And um, you know, I, I cleared him to land any runway, and he told me which one he was going to aim for. And um, throughout this whole thing, you know. So it's for me, it was interesting that it slowed down like this entire event, which probably took, I think, in the long term, it took 12 or 19 minutes or something like that. To me, it felt like an hour. Like, I don't know yeah. why, like the whole thing just was like in slow motion. Um, and uh, we really weren't sure what was going to happen as far as a beach jet had a pretty decent you know landing speed. Um, and it, was he going to be able to get the thing stopped, you know? And uh, so he touched down, and I'm calling out distance remaining on the runway. You know, we have points out there that once you pass it, you know how much runway you have left, you know? And yeah. uh, so as he was blowing by stuff at a pretty rapid speed, I'm calling out distance remaining. We got a little over halfway, and he said, uh, you know, we're not going to get it stopped at this rate. I'm going to I'm gonna activate the emergency brakes. Uh, and he did, and of course it was very dramatic. There's fire and smoke and Barked rubber, light, yeah. yeah, and and, um, and he got, but he got it stopped. And and I remember this moment where we were just both kind of like, "Holy cow, it stopped!" You know, and uh, you know the doors started opening and stuff. And he was like, "Man, thank you so much for your help." And you know, and I was able to act, you know, basically roll the fire trucks and say, you know, aircraft is down and secure. And then you kind of had this moment because then you're done. I mean, you're just sort of yeah. waiting for them to hose the airplane down and uh, everybody's down safe. And you do have a moment where you just kind of sit back like, huh. <laughs> you know, like, you know, at the time, you don't. At the time, it's, yeah. it's all go, go, go. And you've trained for this. So you've got tons of training that you're just kind of relying on. But uh, And funny story was that night I went to the hotel bar with uh, them and had some beer. <laughs> so, but uh, the other funny part of this is the news heard this. 
So the news sends a news crew, and there's you know four or five stations out there covering the the airplane sitting down on the runway, getting hosed down by a fire truck. My buddies that are at the Italian restaurant happen to see the TV going, and it says Elkhart Airport, and there's fire trucks driving around. <laughs> And uh, so they storm out of the Italian restaurant and come back to the tower. So, but uh, that was that was my first day as a controller. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hope they enjoyed the spaghetti. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't bring me any either. So. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I was I, I kept picturing that uh, it was in was it an airplane where uh, you know, now arriving at Terminal Seven. Oh terminal yes. Eight, yeah. Eight, 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 yeah. Uh, I wow. love the scene where the guy's like he's at. You know, this altitude and that altitude. And he's yeah. like, he keeps changing. He's like, what a jerk. You know, and he cl- <laughs> <laughs> he's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, like you said, it, it, not everybody is up on space stuff going on. So you're you're looking out at all this stuff and trying to figure out, well, there's there's a scuba diver knocking on the window. So that must mean they've landed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, the, I, I know it's Annie Lennox, but I keep thinking Anya when I'm hearing all the, the the choir like voices on the uh, on the James Horner theme so that's oh, yeah. very very nicely done here um, and they use uh, something that I'm I'm always fascinated by in in this having having worked in the oil business uh, they're they're using a Billy Pugh equipment to uh, move uh, the astronauts up from uh, from the from the capsule and this this is one of those contraptions that you you know it's specialized equipment for uh well this was originally for uh, offshore rigs um but the the story of uh, the billy pew company is is amazing there this uh billy pew was a guy that he was a he was aroused about he was a he was a deckhand on a on a cargo ship that used to service offshore rigs and the way he used to move people from one ship to another is they'd they'd they tie a uh, the, the the netting that would go over cargo, and they'd have everybody that was m- moving from one ship to another. They just hang on to the netting, and the the crane would swing out and drop the cargo on, on the other ship. And whoever happened to be on the net would land on the deck. Wow! And he had, he had been watching this this true crew transfer method, which was crazy. And he was a bit of a tinkerer, and he thought, well, what you could do is you could build like a frame. And put a ring on the outside of it, and just hang on. And if you had your your crew hang on to the the ring, or hang, hang on to hang on to the netting on a frame, and uh, and put their feet on the on the base, which was a, a ring that they could stand on, it it would just act as a as a more stable platform. And uh, the captain of the ship had uh, that had originally that he originally suggested this to said, ah, that's that's really not uh, the that really, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to spend money on that because we already have we already have a cargo net and just go back to work and forget about this. But then a couple of days later, after he had suggested this, uh, somebody had moved that moved people that way and it killed two of the crew. And so the guy that was in charge of the rig was who was that guy that came up with the idea for building something? And so Billy Pugh had come up with this and he told them it was you know let's build this this frame this cone that people can hang on to and that way they won't you know they won't fall and get crushed by by cargo and stuff so uh after that uh this this device that he built he started the billy pew company and he just they they focus they're they're still in business today they're out of corpus um and bpc makes all kinds of rigs 
for transferring people from one place to another. And if and this this was all around the the, the Billy Pugh company. It started in I think it was nineteen fifty. I want to say fifty seven or fifty eight. So he had just come up with this thing. Uh, so it was all new and relatively unknown outside of the oil rig business. The Navy would move people by the May. You know they they. They had the modified May West or the the horse collar. If you if you see pictures of them retrieving uh, Mercury astronauts like uh, Alan Shepard, he'd have it. You know he'd wrapped he'd have this thing wrapped under his arms like a horse collar, and they'd yank you onto a onto a helicopter. And it really wasn't a a very safe way, especially if you were you know if you'd been in space for two weeks and you didn't have really strong muscles. It was really hard to uh, hang on while they were yanking you up into a helicopter. So. Uh, of course, you know, find, as the Billy Pugh company got bigger, uh, a, a lot of uh, people that work for uh, petroleum helicopter, petroleum helicopters, PHI, a, a lot of people in the helicopter industry had seen these Billy, this Billy Pugh equipment where they could just drop people down in like a cage um, in, in one of their devices, and they could just step out. It was like an elevator for for a helicopter, and uh, th- th- it it kind of went up through the ranks, went into the Air Force, and NASA heard about it. And they started testing it out for the Apollo program, and it turned out it was a lot easier way of taking uh, people up and out of the, uh, uh, you know, out of out of Apollo spacecraft and putting them into the uh, into the helicopter. Um, the particular type that you're seeing here in the movie is uh, what they call the X X eight seven two, and it's a type of rec- rescue net. And it's displayed. If you go to Udvarhazi, you can see uh, the one that was used on uh, on Navy sixty six to to pick up the Apollo era astronauts. And uh, it's a very simple device. It's just a it's a it's a big square frame with uh, netting hanging down from it, and then uh, a couple of well, the best way to describe it is a pool noodle around the midsection, so that you didn't bang your head on the uh, on the on the outside of the. Um, at the outside of a cargo net, and you just climb in, and then this thing goes up like an elevator, and uh, you, you know step out in once once you get up to the level of the uh, the helicopter cargo door. Um, it's a you know it's a beautiful it, it's it's a beautiful very simple device, but it's uh, it, it does the exact job it was designed for. Um, I uh, and it's you know it's it's just and it's d- designed by this guy that would you know he was a deckhand who would tinker and created this amazing company just on you know just, just looking on how you can make people safe in a very dangerous business uh, working as an offshore working offshore on an oil rig is uh, is one of the most dangerous jobs out there so uh just uh just an amazing amazing little uh contraption <laughs> <laughs> that was part of that that 1960s era. You know, I never knew anything about that. That's really interesting. Oh, it's um, yeah, it's 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 something. And there's there's all kinds of. I, I know that uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I know that uh, I, I used to see Billy Pugh equipment on uh, on rigs and on on ships that went out there and and helicopter stuff. I've never I've never ridden in one, but I've seen you know a lot of this stuff is is mostly for the the people that work there every day. But uh, you know, you nowadays. The the rigs that I used to go to had their own hel- heliport landing, and you had to, you know you, you could just land and step out. Um, but uh, you know, in getting getting people from one place to another safely, it's just an amazing uh, focus that this guy had, and it's that classic you know tinkerer in a in a garage somewhere coming up with uh, things like that. That's amazing. I mean, I know that there's all kinds of issues that you have to you have to be careful with um, because the helicopter blades as they're spinning through the air create. Uh, 
pull up a lot of static electricity from the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. You have to be you have to be careful when you're grabbing these things because there's a uh, there's a potential there's a high electric potential between uh, the helicopter and and the ground. So uh, a lot of the things have like ground wires or the or you have to. Um, you have to attach on them with uh, insulated uh, contacts when you're when you're bringing them onto a ship. Um, but it's uh, yeah, just just an amazing little little device in the in the middle of all this. And it, it it this is exactly the kind of thing that you look for in a show where you're talking about something minute by minute. Uh, um, <laughs> well, you know, another amazing device I, I feel we we we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on is the tank that they're filming in. Yes, because wasn't this filmed in the the giant tank that's down on the set there? Yeah, this is a this is a uh, this one is yeah that 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 overhead scene that's shot in that's shot in the tank at Universal. Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of the bigger studios have these tanks. Uh, I've been at the one in um, the one in Paramount, and I believe the Paramount one was used for the Truman Show. If you ever watched the end of the Truman Show, oh yeah, yeah, that's filmed there, and it's just amazing. I mean. And most of the time, this is only used during movies. So most of the time, it's a like an employee parking lot, <laughs> and, and they'll uh, they'll take and the uh, the end of uh, Star Trek Four, the the voyage home that was filmed in the Paramount lot. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's basically it's a, a low part of a of a um, a parking lot that has drains on the side and big you know spigots on. <laughs> in the corners and they fill they fill it up with with water the background is usually a sky background or they can they can put in a scrim and put whatever background they want on there and uh it's you know just you don't have to go you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to worry about what the weather's like it's always a nice day in sunny california so you can you can shoot out in the employee parking lot and uh it usually takes I may be getting this wrong, but the, one of the hardest things is is getting it, getting it filled up. It usually takes about three or four days to fill up the uh, the lot and with enough water that you can film with it. Um, but yeah, it's just turning the turning the back lot into a into a swimming pool and shooting there is a lot easier than going on location. Um, wow! But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a amazing, and, and it's amazing that that's you know that that hasn't changed in a hundred years to do things in the backyard. <laughs> Because it was uh, it was easier than going on location, and uh, it's all it's all controllable. Uh, controllable. Um, I uh, and the like. It's it's funny how your mind fills in the blanks when you see a picture of helicopters flying over the uh, over the ocean. You're thinking, wow, they're filming in a you know they're filming in a giant area. But if you look at the the actual shots here, it's a it, it's a very like. It's close in with the people, so the, the part where you're seeing the water is only a you know it, it, it's maybe twenty feet twenty feet behind them, so oh, wow. it's you know it's like there's <laughs> it's just out of frame. There's cars parked, and there's the uh, you know if if you tilted it backwards, you'd probably see uh, the Universal Studios parking lots and you know and uh, and office buildings on on Lancashire. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine like parking your car and watching Tom Hanks getting rescued? <laughs> you know, just like oh, there's uh, yeah, there's Apollo thirteen. <laughs> wow, yeah, and and like you know, you're hearing that you're hearing, and and it's uh, it, this is always just the beauty of a uh, of how how sound changes everything. You know, you're hearing rotor blades and stuff, and uh, you're seeing <laughs> you're seeing uh, Kevin Bacon being pulled up in the air, but really it's 
there's there's probably a crane just to the right of the screen and there's there's a crane holding holding a wire with uh with him <laughs> you know seated about maybe 10 feet up off the ground off the parking lot um but that's you know the the skill of acting and editing and uh getting getting people to believe that what you're uh you're also seeing the uh the 66 the hel- uh, the helicopter with the blades uh, running and Bill Paxton looking over the side, I mean he's he's probably that helicopter is probably seated on top of a uh, a platform maybe maybe five feet high, and he's, wow. he just has to look down and of course he's you know he's probably when when he looks up he's probably looking out at the uh, you know the blockbuster video that's out on Lancashire at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's um that's the, the the magic of the magic of the movies um i'm it, it, and it's still impressive i mean it's it's beautiful i keep wondering and i know somebody must know uh the the mock-up that they used here for the uh, the command module that had to have landed somewhere i don't know i don't know who has it or where where it's gone but uh it's a pretty good mock-up I, I, uh from what i've heard in building some of these things they had actually borrowed uh NASA parts that were just sitting around and they, you know, that, that door may have actually been from a, uh, uh, a, uh, you know, it, it might've been an ex, uh, NASA training, uh, bit of equipment. Wow. Um, that's incredible. <laughs> gosh. But, uh, yeah, beautiful minute. It's, uh, it's, it's fun seeing how all of this stuff comes together. Watching it with the sound off might help when, uh, if, if you, if you get a chance to see that, uh, uh, if, if if you are watching uh, watching this, if you watch a uh, minute one thirty two, turn the sound off, and you might see that it looks a little bit less realistic than you were expecting. Um, but it's still even even so, the, the editing is uh, is fantastic. I just enjoy you you want to watch the last five minutes of this movie all the time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, if you're ever feeling down, just watch the last five minutes of Apollo thirteen. Uh wow. Well, this was our last our last Tuesday show, Chris. Um, I can't I, believe it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's tricky, and I I don't know how the rest of the week is going to be. We've been we've been working on uh, different different guests and things, but uh, we're trying we're trying to get uh, the stars to align here. But I don't I don't know I don't know who's go- who's going to be coming tomorrow. But we'll see we'll see how things go. Um, but it's uh this this is really uh, it, it's a nice quiet week, and I think that's that's the best way to. Uh, to end this we, we may have we may have some surprises to come but we'll see but um but this has been uh, quite quite a ride for us i feel yeah <laughs> i feel i feel like we just gotta wait for the wait for the helicopters to arrive i know um, i know this is uh it's a little surreal this is my first minute by minute that i've ever done uh you know uh entirely you know and uh yeah it, it, you know especially with the you know the the nice message we got from chris yesterday uh uh that, that i read yet i guess i actually would have been on friday um is um you know it sort of sort of became real that this is all kind of wrapping up and uh um yeah kind of found some emotions i didn't know were there <laughs> yeah so. yeah no it's, it's been a it's been a great run and uh yeah i hope this is, i hope that you know i know this is your first movie by minute but i hope it's not your last i hope there's more to more to come there's, oh yeah uh, i think so this has been fun. lots more movies to talk about yeah um, but yeah, this is this has been a, a great ride, and uh, we'll have we're, and we're not done yet. We've got a, <laughs> the rest of this week. Yeah, yeah, we so, got to finish out the week yet. We're not home yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep checking back. Um, for folks who haven't heard our previous uh, 132 episodes, I don't understand why you're tuning in this week. But come come on back and listen to the listen to the previous 132 
uh, minutes, which I think I, I, I forget last week. I think I measured it, and it was something like seventy nine hours worth of worth of uh, entertainment value out there that we you can listen to on our show. Come and hang out with us for the biggest road trip ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's always available out there on our big site at uh, Apollo thirteen minute dot com, Apollo one three minute dot com. Uh, so go check that out. And it's also available in all those places like Spotify and TuneIn and uh, Apple Podcasts and all the places. I, I see that uh, uh, Amazon Music is going to start carrying podcasts. So maybe we're on there. If, if you're listening oh, to us, cool. check us out on uh, Amazon Music. Uh, if, I don't know if they've started doing that yet. But if you're listening to this in the distant future, maybe you're listening to us on Amazon Music. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to reach, reach out to us on social media, we're always available on uh, Facebook at uh, the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control or on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. Uh, we will return tomorrow as we're wrapping up the week, uh, but we will see you here. It looks like we're coming up on Lost the Signal in about 30 seconds. So we'll see you here uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, on the Apollo 13 Minute.